This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. This following program is dedicated to the city and people of San Francisco, who may not know it, but they are beautiful, and so is their city. This is a very personal song, so if the viewer cannot understand it, particularly those of you who are European residents, save up all your bread and fly Translove Airways to San Francisco, USA. Then maybe you'll understand the song. It will be worth it. If not for the sake of this song, but for the sake of your own peace of mind. Strobe lights beam, create streams. Walls move, minds do too. On a warm San Franciscan night. Old child, young child, feel all right On a warm San Franciscan night Angels sing And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I wonder if uh, Bill Belichick will enjoy a warm San Francisco (laughs) night while he's out there. It's not really... Well, actually, they do. They're they're more warm now than in the summer. Yeah, it's a different climate there. It's a weird. They're their own unique little climate <laughs> going course. on there in the uh, the Bay Area. I've been over there uh, last summer or sh- late summer, early fall. Uh, and when I was there, I was there like mid September. It was uh, I want to say ninety seven yeah, one day. See, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll take that. Right, but then a few weeks before I got there, it was like fifty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's weird stuff, but. Uh, We've been playing a lot of animals on the show, huh? Yeah, recently. What's going on with that? Weird. Today's a, uh, today's a Boston's Day, too. Yeah. We've got a lot of that oh, yeah, going on yeah, a lot of today. Boston's going on. A lot of Boston connections going on today. But uh, speaking of Bill Belichick, before he goes out to uh, spend some warm San Francisco nights uh, in preparation of the game against the 49ers Sunday, he did speak to the media today, as he does every Wednesday, and here's what he had to say. All right, well, we're uh, you know, playing a team this week that we don't know particularly well, so we have to really uh, have a great week of preparation um, and get ready to know the, you know, the, the 49ers, particularly from a personnel standpoint. I think uh, last year's game against the Eagles, um, you know, Coach Kelly, uh, I think everybody knows how much respect I have for him. Um, you know, Coach Kelly, uh, you know, came down here with the Eagles and really the handle is pretty good, so we're going to have to do a lot better job against their scheme and their um, attack on offense and special teams than we did in in, uh, in that game. Um, we know that uh, defensively they kind of have some similarities to the Rex Ryan type of defense. So you know we saw that a couple weeks ago. Um, scheme wise, that'll be a, a challenge for us as it always is. But I think the big thing for us is getting to know their their players. Um, you know they have a very uh, talented team, a lot of explosive guys on offense and in the kicking game. Uh, defensively, you know a lot of young players up front, or some young players up front. They also have a good level of experience with guys like Dorsey and Dial and uh, Hodges and guys like that, um, and a pretty good level of experience in the secondary, particularly at the safety position. So, uh, a lot of work to do. Um, as I said, we didn't didn't do very well at all against the the Eagles uh, scheme last year so uh, we're going to have to we have to prove improve dramatically on that to be competitive uh, so be a big week for us um, but hopefully we get off to a good start here today and you know, be able to stay on track yeah, well obviously there's a thin line between success and failure in this league what have you seen on tape when watching San Francisco that has brought about eight straight losses and a one and eight record that you maybe you know can exploit and take a look at. Yeah, I think they're getting better. You know, you see them getting better every week. The last two weeks, um, they've created a lot of explosive plays on offense more than they had, and uh, of course, um, you know they've had the some uh, issues with their run defense. But last week they went down to Arizona and you know shut down David Johnson to whatever it is under three yards of carry at fifty-five yards. So. I uh, thought they tackled a lot better. I'm sure getting um, 
Dorsey and Purcell back helped as well. Um, but you know, that was a very competitive game in Arizona. I mean, the same kind of game we played with the Cardinals, you know, right down to the last possession. So, um, you know, uh, I, I know when they, you know, we were, a lot of people were talking about the same thing last year when the Eagles had lost a couple of games by, you know, four touchdowns and coming in here with a poor record and then they come in here and hammered us. So, uh, you know, I don't really put too much credence in any of that. What's happened, I think. The way they played last week against Arizona is very indicative of their talent level um, and you know their ability to to do things right against a good team. What have you noticed on the tape of Colin Kaepernick, and how relevant uh, is that game for four years ago that you guys played against him? Well, I mean, we saw him firsthand, so um, that was good. I mean, the offense is different, but. He's, you know, he's a very athletic player. He's fast. Um, led the team in rushing three the last four weeks, so he's very dangerous um, out of the pocket. But he's he's a good, accurate passer as well. I mean, they run the ball a lot. They run the ball as much as any team in the league. Um, so that sets up their play action and some of the quarterback movement plays that uh, he's good at, uh, as well as you know their third down package. So he has a good group of skill players to work with. The receivers are good. The tight ends are good. The backs are very good, so um, you know they can move the ball. Is containing him or trying to defend him similar to Russell Wilson, what you faced last week? Yeah, uh, Taylor Wilson, Kaepernick. I mean, they're all different, but there's certainly a, there's some common denominators there. Yes, no question. One thing that I noticed about Wilson the other day that I know Kaepernick does similarly is they throw with a lot of velocity. Is there anything that you have to reiterate that to your your guys? Like, you know, those outside throws that it might look like it's a small window, they can get it out there on a rope. Yeah, uh, I, I think the passing game uh, from Seattle and um, San Francisco are quite different. It's just my personal opinion. I'm just saying that one skill. Yeah, he's got a good arm. So does Taylor. I mean, they all do. But I'd say the passing game that um, San Francisco employs is unique because their running game is unique and it all ties in together. Um, you know, they're really not a – like some teams are, they're not much of a first, second, third down team. They're, a lot of their third down plays they run on first down, a lot of their first down plays they run on third down. Um, they're a fast-tempo team, and, and uh, you know, honestly, it's – it's not the easiest thing in the world to keep track of down and distance when you're out there just going to the line, trying to get the call, get lined up. You sometimes defensively kind of lose track as to whether it's, you know, first and ten or second and eight or, you know, you're just, you're just trying to get the call or trying to play the play. And I'd say that's a little bit of what they do. They're not a big – they certainly have a third down package. I'm not saying that. But it's – again, a lot of their third down plays are early down plays. So – I'd just say they're they're unique. They're quite a bit different from Seattle, just what you have to defend. When you were on the goal line with, with Seattle, I, I noticed that um, the defensive line shifted uh, prior to the snap, uh, and it ended up drawing a offsides penalty. I wondered what sort of advantages that, that shift can bring to a goal line defense, uh, especially when it does draw an offsides penalty. When they shift the defense, sometimes it changes the blocking pattern. Shift defenses all the time. Rob Gronkowski in his, in his seventh year with you now. Uh, over that time, what have you learned about his physical and mental toughness on a day-to-day basis? Good, very good. He, um, we saw that a little bit in this last game. He took the big hit, came back into the game. Um, if you're not, if you don't have him this week, how much does the past experience of not having him this season uh, maybe help your team? Uh, I don't know. And, uh, Martellus Bennett, what have you sort of learned about working with him? Obviously, you've probably had a view of the player. Mm-hmm. Once you get him in your program, you have a chance to see him on a day-to-day basis. What have you learned from working with him? Yeah, he's been good to work with. 
goes all the way back to training camp. We talked about the same thing in training camp. Smart guy, he's got a good set of skills, works hard. Those important as uh, slot receivers are in every offense, are they more so in, in what Chip Kelly's offense does? And we've seen Kelly, uh, Curly emerge again this year. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's important. You know, they've got good vertical receivers, you know, Smith, Patton. Outside, those guys can make big plays. I mean, nobody's had more big plays than Torrey Smith has over the last couple of years. Um, you know, Curly's a dynamic player. He's a dynamic hunt returner. Uh, very good with the ball in his hands. Quick, shifty, very hard to tackle. He's got good vision. He really can see space and set up blocks well. And um, you know, use use that open field blocking, uh, whether it's on a, on a catch and run play or whether it's on a return. So. He does a good job. Real good player. Phil, you mentioned yesterday that this is a <coughs> game plan team. Um, but from what you've seen from them so far this year at 49ers, has Kelly been able to implement the scheme, even though that may change on a week-to-week basis? Um, the way... Yeah, I mean, they're on their offense. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on how you defend them. They have different ways to um, attack you, like all teams do. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that over the three years in Philadelphia and half the year this year, he's seen pretty much everything, you know, how teams are going to play in different fronts, different coverages, different, you know, overhangs on the edge, things like that. And so depending on what you give him, he's got complimentary plays that answer it. Um, you know, they do a good job of attacking every inch of the field. I mean, they attack you from sideline to sideline from – Line of scrimmage to the goal line, outside and inside. Uh, I mean, you have to defend. You have to defend everything against them, including the quarterback. So all the skilled players um, run the ball. You know, speed sweeps and uh, some of their um, passes that come off running plays are really part of the running play. So you know, look passes or um, you know, quick outlet plays to the slaughter, the perimeter receiver. If the team's stacked in there to stop the run, so. You know, he, he makes you defend from sideline to sideline, and he makes you defend um, the outside of the field, to the inside of the field, to deep, the deep part of the field. You know, over routes, deep posts, go routes, and their perimeter receivers are good, but they can throw it underneath and hit catch and run plays too. So, can I, yeah, I think whatever you, whatever he feels like you're giving him, then he's going to take, and, and it's hard to stop at all because they attack every area with a lot of good players. You've faced a lot of really, really good left tackles this year. Joe Staley is one of those guys that has been around pretty much forever, I guess, 10 years now. What has allowed him, from what you see on film, to stay around so so long and at a high level? Yeah, well, he's a good, uh, good athlete. He runs well. You can see him pole and on some of their outside plays. Um, he's athletic to block the edge rushers that he sees over there. Um, obviously a smart guy you can see from his experience he makes a lot of good decisions you know when to little things you know just in line play um, he's got you know good frame good strength good power what have you learned about Matt Langle since he's been here the past two weeks uh, well we've we've thrown him in there on a few things he seems to be picking things up fairly well um, he's long A lot of it's been, you know, running the other team's plays and uh, some, you know, fundamental work and things like that uh, after practice. But he's making progress. He's good to work with. Good kid. Works hard. Well, I know you have nine games worth of film on this San Francisco team, but can you go back and watch and take anything from that Philadelphia game last year in terms of how Chip might decide to attack one of Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good game to watch. I mean, I'm sure that's the one he's starting with out there. You know, they did. They heard us doing a lot of different things. I'm sure we'll see some elements of those schemes again. Can't imagine they wouldn't test us out and see whether we can handle it. Didn't handle it very well last year, so yeah. Same thing in the kicking game. It's the same. Be the same. It's basically the same scheme on special teams that they ran in Philadelphia. So I'm sure we'll get. We got tested in those areas as well. I can't imagine we wouldn't.
Coach, sometimes you're willing to be reflective, so I wanted to ask, Tony Romo handled a difficult situation with class yesterday, and I just was wondering um, how Drew Bledsoe, 15 years ago, how his handling of a difficult situation, which appeared to be with class and professionalism, uh, affected and helped you guys eventually win the Super Bowl that season. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the question, but I mean, I really don't care about 15 years ago. I'm just trying to get ready to beat San Francisco. Dylan, the week after a, a loss, is it any different how you prepare for a game compared to coming off of a win? I think each game is its own entity. I don't think what happened last week should have any bearing on this week. I mean, of course, you want to correct the mistakes that you had in the game, win or lose, because the team that's looking at that previous game, if they see something that looks where you look vulnerable, you're going to get attacked there again. So you, I think you have to look at that game or like obviously the Buffalo game. I mean, I'm sure that they'll be looking on the defensive side of the ball at what Buffalo did with us, what looked good, what didn't look good relative to their game planning. I'm sure they'll take that into consideration. And the 49ers are still the 49ers, not Buffalo, but they run a similar scheme, and those coaches are familiar with each other, so I'm sure there'll be some play in there. But basically, I think you, I try to look at every week as an independent week, which it is, which I think is what you see in this league. And how we do this week will be based on what we do this week, not what happened last week or some other week. But there are things to be learned from previous games. No question about that. When there's mistakes in man coverage or zone coverage, and the following week, is there is there anything that's easier or more difficult between those two to correct in practice? When, when you play a competitive team in this league, which every game is, there's mistakes on every play. And there's most mistakes on every play in every game. Run, pass, offense, defense, special teams, man, zone, play action, drop back, uh, you name it. So there are always things that we can work to improve in, and there are certain things that are uh, fundamental to a particular play or a particular concept. And if we don't execute those right, then we need to understand that. We need to execute them to a higher level the next time it comes up. Which So that's... I think that's what, what the correcting is about. I mean, the chances of you getting the exact same play and everything turning out exactly the same are usually not very high. But you could get a similar play or a similar relationship or situation on a particular aspect of the play that you just need to either defend better or, if it's on the offensive side of the ball, be able to handle it, handle it better. The always thrilling and exciting Bill Belichick. Yeah, really, really exciting. I'm about ready. Some good stuff, though. Some good and stuff. And like you said, he he totally brushed off the uh, Bledsoe Brady analogy that. to Romo um, Prescott, which obviously, I mean, is is an analogy everybody in the media, myself already, yeah. will point to. Yeah. Um, but he gave respect. He did say, I, I appreciate the question. Someone, someone got to him. Someone said, hey, Bill, you can't just be like, hey, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. You have to actually, you know. Be like, hey, thank you. I, I care well, a little bit. It. But he lived it, yeah. you know. And I'm sure, you know what? If if that reporter, if I was, I who what did we hear the voice? I didn't hear the yeah, voice. Yeah, I couldn't. Okay, whoever that reporter is should go back to Bill Belichick in the off season when and the ask, season's yeah. over and ask, and ask him about it. Same question. And I bet he will give him a great in depth interview on it. Yeah, because Belichick lived that situation absolutely, and he totally will. Pre- it, that's so. I didn't that's take a question that, that he definitely. I didn't take that as him being a jerk. That was just him reminding me, like, dude, have you never been to my press conference? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we live in the now. We live in the now. I'm definitely not going to talk about Drew yeah. Bledsoe. I'm definitely not going to talk about 15 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. You know? Exactly. Or you know, maybe maybe the off week during the Super Bowl if the Patriots and Cowboys would ever match up. Yeah, that would be a good time. Exactly. Yep. Who knows? But uh, anyhow, some interesting stuff there. Uh, I love how he always praises guys, even when you can tell he has nothing really to <laughs> say about the guy. I have nothing good to say about you, so I'm just going to come up with something out of my out of my butt and figure it out. We'll, we'll talk about your special teams and how, how great your punter is. You've got an amazing punter. What a leg that guy's got. Yeah, you know? he's, he's just he's, – but he's, he does his best to uh, <laughs> pump up the team. He has to. 
I still don't think everybody's saying this is the, exactly the medicine the Patriots need right now. Yeah, is the same? No, I, I think the I medicine needs lies within their locker room, not yeah. in the other locker room. And I could easily see them overlooking this team if they think the way the that the locals are thinking right now. Absolutely. I mean, well, you just never know. You know, everyone here overlooks Seattle. Absolutely, yeah. everyone over here looked over, overlooked Seattle. They yeah. they may not have, but the media around here, myself included, I definitely didn't see Seattle as that team that came in and beat you. I didn't think they were going to be that good. I thought they were getting yeah. better. Thought their defense was getting better. Obviously, Cam Chancellor coming back, but I didn't see them coming in here and winning that game. Well, everyone overlooked it. Again, uh, you know, hopefully Bill Belichick enjoys some warm San Francisco nights and uh, he does not suffer like me and leave his heart in San Francisco. Uh, we will be back here. <laughs> On a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Well, little cable cars climb halfway to the stars. The more- Start your weekend off with Friday Night Lights and finish it off with three NFL games on Sunday. All right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Grand Ole Opry. This is one of the most exciting moments of my entire career to introduce one of the greatest entertainers I've ever known. This guy is certainly an American original, ladies and gentlemen. Make him welcome, my good buddy. I recorded with him yesterday. Willie Nelson! Turnovers briefly. At the 21 yard line, Deshaun Shannon, that's the first interception thrown by the Patriots this season. 14 seconds now. Wilson dancing around. Better be careful. Oh, yeah, very. And then. you want, want to wind up in. He's going to knock this ball out, and then Earl Thomas is going to make Gronkowski pay. Make that big guy pay a price for coming over the middle. And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. I think after the the loss to the Seahawks, tough game, a lot of a lot of speculation, a lot of criticism, a lot of questions being pointed the way of the defense. I think the Patriots would love to be on the road again, and that's just what they are. I, I'm not sure if they're going to leave t- tomorrow or Friday, but uh, I'm sure they can't wait to get out on the road again and uh, get out to the uh, Bay Area and Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers and on to talk about that. And all things Patriots is our ESPN New Hampshire Patriots blogger, Doug Moore. Doug, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you, Jimmy? Not bad, my friend. Hey, where else can our readers find you? I know you write for a couple other outlets as well. Uh, yeah, I write a little bit over at um, at uh, Pat's Pulpit over at SB Nation. I also write uh, about uh, the Patriots for uh, Scout as well for the Patriots section. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, uh, ooh, I'm just seeing this. You retweeted Aaron uh, Adam Schefter. Makes sense. The uh, Seahawks uh, wave uh, Christy Michael, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Procise, they, Procise basically said we, they, don't, they don't need you anymore. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and I think the other thing is that, you know, Thomas Rawls is expected to come back uh, this weekend after, you know, what has been, you know, a crazy season for him since he um, had the ankle injury last year. And, um, you know, like you said, ProSize has really turned it on. You know, he was a project coming in uh, to the draft. You know, he only spent a year at running back after being a wide receiver for uh, most of his college career at Notre Dame. So, uh, he's really emerged, and, and uh, Thomas Rawls being back, I think, really helps as well because he was doing really well, uh, too, before he went down with that leg injury last year. So uh, they must have enough confidence that, uh, you know, they don't need him, even though their their running attack has been much worse this season compared to uh, the last few. So it's, it's definitely an interesting fit compared to uh, the Packers running back depth. Yep, I agree. I agree. And, uh, of course, I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so I – I, I, I won't say that I wasn't surprised at how great he was the other night, but I knew he had it in him, and I knew he was going to be a star. I mean, this this kid was pure skill, and when he was in the lineup for uh, Notre Dame, that is ProSize, of course, we're talking about. Uh, they were a different team, and we saw that when he he got hurt uh, and was out for the season. They missed him tremendously. But we are here to talk about the Patriots and the 49ers. Uh, as as Bill Belichick likes to do, that's, that's the past. We don't, we don't talk about that right now. Great, great point. But I respect your point, but I'm here to talk about the 49ers. And I want you to talk about the 49ers right now, Doug. You know, Bill Belichick uh, makes it a habit when he he plays a team that is uh, far more inferior to his own uh, in the standings and and, and skill-wise to praise them and almost build them up as, uh, quote-unquote, dangerous. You know, and of course, he's going to use what the Eagles did under Chip Kelly last year, which he did today, um, to make the point to the media and his team, I'm sure, to say, look, this isn't going to be some walk in the park here. We're not out in San Francisco to go look at the Golden Gate Bridge and take the trolley and see all the sights. This is a this is an NFL team we're playing here, and they can beat you. Um, but you know what? I mean, while I think a lot of that is smoke— it, it is true. And, Doug, I, I really hope that the Patriots, I don't think they are, but I hope that they're not looking at this as some kind of uh, magic remedy for what ails them right now um, and hurt them a lot in the Seattle game. Because if they go into that game thinking that, there's going to be a lot more question marks and, and, and criticism thrown their way if they walk out of there with a loss. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, what it's going to take to, to fix what is wrong with, um, you know, what the, what's going on with the Patriots, it's going to take more than one uh, one game, especially against a weak opponent like, um, you know, like San Francisco. Um, I, I think there's just, you know, they're going through a lot of personnel changes. Um, you know, they're without Chandler Jones this year, which they've really lost something in their pass rush. And, again, it, some of it is, is pointed to their conservative um play calling where they have more uh, defenders dropping back in coverage as opposed to sending five or six or even seven or eight up uh, rush in the passer. So, um, yeah, I mean, they lost Chandler Jones. They, they've worked out uh, Jamie Collins. Um, you know, Javal Sheard is struggling. He's not generating what we had hoped for this year. Uh, Chris Long has been pretty quiet since. Um, and, and the cornerback play has really been, I would say, a big disappointment compared to what we saw last season. Um, and it, there's just a lot of different things going on. I think there's, um, you know, matchups are, are weird. Personnel grouping is, is weird a little bit to me. Um, you know, like we saw, for example, Shane McClellan covering CJ Procise last uh, on Sunday, and and a blue coverage call. It, it's just really, I think it's going to take uh, some time to figure out if it ever gets figured out with this this group and and with this team this season. So no, I, I don't expect. Uh, the, the Patriots to turn this all around. They could have a good game, but it's not going to fix what the long-term issues are with, with uh, this team. Right, exactly. But the other, my point is, don't depend on the other team to fix the issues for you. Like, just because you're playing a, a bad team, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, you're going to walk out there and it's all going to be gone. It's not. It hasn't been gone. It's been there for a while. I mean, it was there when Jamie Collins was there, and it was, and it's thereafter. And you you nailed it when you just said, look, they may never figure it out with this group. It's a personnel issue. And that's not changing. The trade deadline's gone. There's not going to be some uh, surprise, you know, amazing player waived in the next, you know, few weeks down the stretch run here. It's not going to be some awesome defensive player. They need to figure it out themselves. And 
even if they do that, do they have the guys in that dressing room uh, to execute what they figure out? I don't know, and, and I'm, I guess we'll see that question answered. But I'll tell you one thing. You know, and Belichick alluded, uh, admitted when a reporter brought it up that, you know, yeah, they're not the same guy, and, and Russell Wilson's a better quarterback, obviously, but they're the same style that is Colin Kaepernick and, and Russell Wilson. And we saw the way the Patriots treated that style against Seattle, all right, and didn't change as the game went on. They didn't adapt as it went on. It w- now, now, that could be, I don't know, I mean, and you tell me, you know, I want your insight on this too. That could be because they don't think they have the guys to adapt to it or the guys to change mid-game and, and approach it a different way. Or it's because, and he's been guilty of this before, Belichick is stubborn as hell, and, and he said, well, this is what I'm going with. What's your take on that? If, if you know, if Kaepernick comes out and he's not the guy that's scrambling around and, and, and you know, looks like the old-school Doug Flutie-type guy out there... Um, and he's 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 staying in the pocket and he's picking them apart there. Do you see them adapting, or or do they just not have the guys to adapt right now? Yeah, I just think that it, it's a situation where what they need and, and the production that they need to get, they're not they're not. I know that states sounds simple, but you know when you think about it, um, the Patriots have been playing very conservatively this year in their pass rush. We've seen it in personnel groupings on the play calls, sending only two or three rushing. And one of the things they do that for is so that way they can play contain and play zone coverage in the back and allow it so they can't allow many big plays. And we've seen that because they, they've only given up, you know, so many points this year, um, and they were doing really well in that category. But the thing is is that when you are giving up 31 or, or, or more points to Seattle, who had been struggling this year, um, you know, in, on offense, it, it, it really takes away the only advantage that you have. So I think what it's going to be is that, you know, they're going to have this game plan. They're going to stick to it. Like you said, Belichick is definitely stubborn in his ways. They've been known to make adjustments at halftime if they're struggling. Um, I think it's just a situation where um, one of the reasons why they did what they did last week is they wanted to be wary of a mobile quarterback. And we saw that with Russell Wilson, um, who doesn't even necessarily have to rush or, or run outside the, you know, run for yards. It's more so just seeing how elusive he can be in, in the pocket and escaping pressure. And I think that's the thing that's going to be big in this game is, uh, you know, Seattle, like San Francisco, both have weak offensive lines, um, you know, mobile quarterbacks. So it's going to be something to see if they're going to really rush more guys or if they're going to be weary of somebody escaping and not having enough guys back in coverage. So I think that's what's going to be the thing here is whether they decide are they going to rush more or are they going to keep trying to – step back in coverage and make it so he has to rely more on his decision-making and his legs. Uh, Tom Brady was not uh, available to speak to the media today. He was uh, getting some work done on his injured quad, obviously suffered uh, from what I – I don't care what anyone – I still think – and I'm not saying this. I'm not a homer, as you know. I'll tell it like it is. But I think it was a a dirty play uh, by Chancellor on him, and he's getting work done on that. is this something we should be a little afraid of as we go on here or just the typical uh, bumps and bruises and, and injuries one has to deal with uh, when we get to crunch time in a season? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that sticks out is that, you know, this, whether no matter how good he's playing right now, he's still 39 years old. And that's that's old for, for a player in the NFL. Um, with that being said, he was at practice today. Uh, he was, you know, participating in it. He just wasn't available for the media. Again, again, that could be for a whole multitude of reasons. Um, maybe he's shooting another one of those commercials uh, where he's making fun of the NFL and the play gate. But, um, no, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. He was at practice. He'll play. Um, could it wear down over the season? I don't know. Uh, that's why, you know, something like having home field advantage, having a bye in the playoffs comes in handy when you have players that are older that uh, – get an extra week to rest and uh, game plan even more. So I, I don't know. Tom Brady is one of the toughest guys, I think, in the league uh, when it comes to injuries and dealing with nicks and bruises because uh, he'll play through mostly anything unless it's something that, you know, it just physically can't play through. So I wouldn't be too concerned, uh, but you always have to keep in mind his age and, and as the season goes on. But he should be fine for right now at least. 
Uh, I thought Julian Edelman had one of his better games of the year uh, this past week. And, uh, you know, I, I like the way he, his aggressiveness out there. He looks to be uh, healthy and, and ready to go. What was your thoughts on his game last week? Yeah, I, I think one of the things was that they really exploited the matchup that, uh, you know, that, that Edelman had. I, I think really when you get down to it, yes, he was, he's been dealing with that foot injury. Now, I'm not saying it's, a, it's an injury. It's, I bet it's more so just general soreness. Um, but, yeah, no, he had a really good game. I don't know how much that goes into, you know, Chris Hogan being active but not really doing much um, or really just more so not relying on Gronk as much after he dealt with that, uh, that injury. Um, but, yeah, no, he had a really good game. I think he ran better routes. And one of the biggest things was with his foot, can he make cuts better? Can he do what he does, which is in the short to intermediate game, you know, run over the middle on a crossing route, be able to get that and generate yards after the catch. So that's the one thing I think we've noticed is that he's gotten better and he's almost back to himself physically. And uh, that's, that was always the biggest thing. I, I don't think any of his playmaking ability has been sapped over time or at least from last season to now. So very good game for him. And especially against the, I would say a much weaker uh, secondary with San Francisco as opposed to Seattle this coming weekend, I, I could definitely see him having another good game. You know, uh, Justin Sullivan here, my producer, alerted me to it uh, as we were listening to Belichick talk uh, in the last segment um, that a lot more of these uh, former players that played for Belichick or just players that played against him, just as they did in 2014 when the Pats uh, were demolished by the Chiefs and everybody wrote them off, as well as writing uh, Brady and Belichick off, uh, they're coming out of the woodwork right now, and you know they they look in and think that the, the the pats are an easy prey right now. What do you think of this when this happens? I mean, why did how do they not learn from what happened in 2014? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I mean, obviously they have insight that that you and I don't have. Really? Because I mean, that, they didn't well, seem to I mean, have too much of it then. Well, but hold on. I mean, they do. You know, they, they played in the NFL. They played for Belichick. They probably played for with Brady as well. So th- that's something that we can't ever know really what it's like, you know, besides what the media can tell us or, you know, what, what film or whatever can show us. So there's definitely something there. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying that they're right. Uh, I mean, they doubted the Patriots in 2014 after they lost to the Chiefs and then they went on and, and, and won the Super Bowl. But, you know, I, I think it's just a situation where um, they're going through a lot of changes right now. And I think that, you know, there are people that are going to doubt them. I, I think it's the same with every team. I think it's a, every team is going to doubt somebody or every team is going to be doubted uh, by somebody. You know, they, they're coming off a tough loss. They have to keep that in mind. A tough loss, a very close uh, game where it came down to the last play or so. And it was against arguably the best team in the NFC. So it's not like they lost a, a, a a cupcake matchup or anything like that. In regards to why these players are saying that, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a situation where, um, you know, we've seen it before, and then look what the Patriots did again. I'm not saying it's going to replicate. But um, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's uh, ill feelings. Maybe it's just going yeah. along with the, bingo. the sway of the media. I don't know. No, no bingo. Um, it's I'm, sour I'm grapes. It's sour well, grapes. I, I mean, it's these I, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's these guys waiting on the sidelines to pounce when they can because they feel wronged by Bill Belichick because, you know what, when it came down and push came to shove, they couldn't cut it. And Bill Belichick, they weren't good enough to stay with the Patriots or they weren't good enough to, to make that lineup for a certain game or, or not get you know yelled at in practice. Grow some skin. That, that's what I say when it comes to these guys. If you're still holding that that grudge after all these years and every time the Patriots screw up a bit and you, you feel it's a good chance to pounce on them, you do it and you use your your position in the media. To, I, I got no time for you. I don't care if you played in the NFL or not. If you played in the NFL, you should have learned the last time you went at them and you doubted them and you said they're done for and they proved you wrong, you should have learned to shut your mouth. That That's how I look at it. I mean... They were proven wrong once again, and they're going to be proven wrong once again. The Patriots will be there as a Final Four team, likely, and these guys will be silent, or these guys will be kissing their you-know-what and, and praising them, and they just go with the wind. That's why I don't like guys like Rodney Harris. Well, not Rodney Harrison. He's all right. But Brandon Merriweather and guys like that or Tyler. 
shut up already. You know, like you, you got Christian Fourier, who I think doesn't get enough credit, is being one of the most objective um, and, and neutral and fair and, and, and accurate guys that played for Bill Belichick. I'm listening to him come up today, and you know what? He's criticizing them, and he's, he's, he's got the facts to back it up. But he's not taking shots. And I'm sure there were times when Belichick ripped him a new one in practice. To me, this sounds like a crybaby. That's all it sounds like to me when these guys do that. And I just think they should shut up. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to, you know, when you give them a platform, like, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Ty Law and, um, you know, other players that, you know, played for, for Belichick or played for the Patriots. When they're given a platform, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna say things, and people are gonna listen. And but they say it to just be heard. Like if you're gonna say, it, look, you do a great job. I think I like your work, right? And you you you're a good writer, and you back it up with facts. Okay, and, and that that doesn't you don't have to. You're not doing that because you're a former NFL player. You're doing that because you're doing your job. And I I hate the way that a former athlete in the sports media is always given some sort of free pass to say what they want because they played the game. I think they should be treated just like any other reporter. And if you went out and said some of the stuff that some of these guys are saying, you'd be called to the carpet and you'd be trampled. You know, it, I just, I don't know. It bugs me that these guys can say this stuff and just because, hey, well, they're in the locker room. They know what they're talking about. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe that's why they're former players. I don't know. That's sorry to rant, but that's where that, it just rubs well, me no, the wrong way. I think it's I think it's a fair point where you know they they you know they have whatever it is. You know, I'm not saying that you know some of their criticism isn't fair, but not all of it. But again, it's a situation where you know you give them a platform, and, and you know sometimes in order to be relevant, you got to say things that maybe aren't aren't uh, you know popular or or against the green. And, you know, the Patriots have proven time and time again that when doubted, they, they rise to the occasion. And it just happens to seem that, uh, you know, these these four players maybe are relied on more for this sort of insight because they played there and, they, and that gives them that, that opportunity to say what they want, even if they don't necessarily believe in this situation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, I think they, you know, they should do a job like us. I mean, like, say... Hey, go out on a limb and make a point, but back it up. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't just say it. Don't just say it because you think you can say it because you played for him. I don't know. Anyhow, buddy, we gotta go. We're short on time. We gotta talk some Celtics with Jeff Hickman. Keep up the great work, my man, and uh, we'll get you on down the line. All right. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity, Jimmy. Have a great day. All right, Doug Moore joining us here on ESPN New Hampshire and the Stretch Run. We'll be back with our own Jeff Hickman to talk some Celtics. Stay- Whiskey River. It's the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. I am speaking with Patrick Gillis, Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month of October from Exeter High School. Patrick, how are you? Good, how are you, Laura? So tell me a little about your experience at Exeter High. You played football mm-hmm. four years there. So it's been a really good experience both academically and uh, with sports. Like they, we have... I would say one of the best football programs in the state and constantly making playoffs year after year. And then academically, I've had like multiple options with um, pursuing kind of like the interests I have. So I've had uh, lots of different science classes and I'm looking to go into engineering in the future. So I've been able to go over to the Seco School of Technology and take engineering classes over there. Nice. Where are you looking to go to college? I've applied to some local schools and then some farther ones too. I'd say probably my first choice would be George Tech. I've also applied to UNH and Clemson and um, some other local schools that better specialize in engineering. How do you maintain a GPA of 4.92 and also maintain football in National Honor Society, National Honor Technical Society, class treasurer, uh, co-president of Students Against Bullying? Like, how do you maintain all these things? Pretty much every morning and early mornings having a meeting before class. And there's a lot of support from, like, my family and the teachers, too, to strive to do well. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. 
With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On 5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. Do you have a flooring project in mind? Then let the experts at Divine Flooring partner with you to get the job done. Divine Flooring is committed to providing their customers with the best advice and products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit divineflooring.com. Granite State game day, Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Everyone's clamoring now for them to trade the pick. The fact remains that you should have just listened to me at the trade deadline. I said then, trade the pick. If you can get the right move, trade the pick. Because you don't know, it could be get it could become more valuable, it could become less valuable. And I think because they didn't land in the top two, it became a little less valuable. Dragon Bender, who played 13 minutes a game in Israel, does not is not attractive to me. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. Are you ready for some football? How about five NFL games a week, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire? Sully enjoying those horns there. You know I love this. You know I, know. I love this stuff. That's awesome. I know. Awesome stuff. Stretcher on ESPN New Hampshire back here. Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan. You play. You played some horns, didn't you, my friend? Oh yeah, I played. Um, What'd you play again? I played the tuba. You played the tuba in the marching band. And uh, we actually had some. We had some Boston's in there. We played a Can, little bit of that. Yeah, you impression that I get. Yes, we played that in high school, and that's they, we called them stand tunes. What the high school band would play in the stands the, on the defensive side of the football game. So okay, we get in there. We had a we had a lot of horn songs. Now, now can you play a trumpet or can you play? I any started. Other horns? I started on trumpet, and basically I, I wasn't good enough. So they said, "Hey, let's move you to trombone." And I said, "Okay," and then I wasn't good enough there, so they moved me to tuba, and that's what stuck. So well, you know what? I ended up there, and I loved it. So start practicing again. <laughs> Because we're going to get them in studio. you get them in studio, In December, yeah. maybe. It's, yeah. a, it's more than a 50-50 chance right now, so that's Dude, why I can say it. I love it. Uh, might not be the whole band, but uh, maybe we'll get uh, one of their horn guys in. And, the, if and you, you ask can, any of my friends. You can jam out that. That's, that was that's our, my favorite Boston that's, song, by that's the way. That's by far, if you ask anybody that was in, anyone that's in High School South, you know, National High School South band, that's by far the favorite, favorite song that we played. It's oh, just yeah. awesome. So much fun. Yeah. That's my favorite Boston song right there. My, uh, my daughter, Maddie. Boogie's out to it oh, in the yeah. car when I play it. She loves it. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. The Boston's are fun, and, of course, they'll be coming to their hometown throwdown. Uh, go to their, uh, I think you can go to their webpage or just find them on Twitter. They're, they're starting to promote it. We'll promote it for them as the days go on here and we get closer to yeah. Christmas. 
Uh, they'll be here right after Christmas, in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, but like we're saying there, you know, I, it bugs me. Like, like Dog's a good rider there. He should have more confidence in his points. You know, like yeah. j- just because an NFL player says something doesn't mean he's right because he played the game. You know, like back it up and, and don't try to. It, it's it's funny. Where are these guys when the Patriots are on top? Yeah, <laughs> especially like to be. Brandon Merriweather, like why? Why are you now? Coming yeah, like out? Ty like, Law, I can understand. Yeah, because he's he's, and, he's and a legend. Way, and he's, Rodney Harrison, yeah, makes great points, and some of them yes. cr- criticize Belichick, and good. some don't, and they're backed up. But he backs it up. Yes, he doesn't just use the well. I played there. Brandon Merriweather sucked. Like, why are you coming out and talking all of a sudden? Yeah. Like you were. He was were, always a talker. Like you he were, was always like a big you were bad. Like you were terrible. There's a reason yeah. you got cut. It's because you were bad. It wasn't because you couldn't back it up. It could, yeah, because you couldn't back it up. You weren't good enough. It wasn't that yeah. you're you're a legend here and you played here and you won Super Bowls here. All the, right. no, it's because you were bad. That period. Yeah. The, end the story. So to come out and say, "Oh, I'm butt hurt now because I got cut and they don't care and about the players." Now. Exactly. You where wait were till, you? Where were you when we were all noticing this defense stinking? Yeah, exactly. like, while they were winning. You wait till now and while they're down and kick them while they're down. It's like, come on, dude. Really? I just hate that. Like you, you were bad. The reason you're not here anymore. The reason you didn't win Super Bowls here. The reason you, you're coming out now is because you were bad. Yeah. That's why. End of story. Yeah. It's not because. They're not loyal to you. It's because I see it in you hockey too, though, man. And like you know, I've worked with former athletes. I did TV, and I'd be on TV. You know, commercial breaks or when we're prepping. I mean, these guys are asking me for advice, you yeah. know. And then like I'm asking them insight, and they're that to me is the guy doing his job. Yeah. He doesn't just go up there with this pompous. I played the game, so I'm the end all be all yeah. of what goes on. No, he goes, hey Murph, what do you think of this? You know, and I'll say, hey, what you know, what do you think of this? Yeah. And that. That's how you become good at your job, you know. Exactly. Like, never you think you're you above improve. anyone. Exactly, you take it and you improve, which is what this team does so well. So they're yeah. gonna take this loss, and they're probably gonna go out to San. Am I, I am worried though because yeah. it is a different situation in Kansas City. There's not as much time to rebound. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get you. It's on a that. different defense. It's different, but, it's, but at the same time, you you know what this Patriots team yeah. does when they get yeah. kicked. You it's, saw what happened and, in 2014. And they've got the best coach, you know, ever. Exactly. So. You know what happens when this team yeah. gets kicked. I, I think they're in the Final Four. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They should be. There's I don't no know if they why. win it all, but I think they're in the final four. They should for be. Sure. There's no reason Barring why. Barring injuries. Be. We'll see. We'll see. But uh we'll switch gears and talk more hockey. We're gonna get you primed and ready for the game tomorrow. Bruins at the wild. We already had Tim Schaller, your uh Nashua native here on earlier in the show. And now we're gonna go back to Minnesota. We're gonna talk to Wild.com beat writer Dan Ryan, and then we're gonna bring in Boston Herald Bruins beat writer. Steve Conroy. So stay with us. Oh, and then we will close things out with Jeff Hickman of ESPN New Hampshire. We moved him to the final segment because he's going to be here in person anyways. So we'll segue into the ESPN New Hampshire Celtics pregame show. Works a lot better. So there we go. Everything happens for a reason. And there we go. The stretch run will be back here on ESPN New Hampshire.